just as the offering's finishing being taken up. Let's welcome Cole Elvery, who's going to bring the word this morning, who's just fresh out of turning 40, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rumour, if you want to believe it. So. Uh, it's all good. It's a little bit of uh, deja vu. I got the opportunity to do the New Year's message at the beginning of this year, which was great, so I must have done okay. Someone asked me to do it again. Um, If not, well, you guys are in the wrong seats. It's your problem. Um, wow. So New Year's Eve, end of the year. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm not quite sure how we got here. Uh, has anyone else had one of those years? It's just, you know, or more importantly, why are we here already? Um, whether, what happened to the rest of my year? But uh, the reality is that when you wake up tomorrow morning, it's going to be a whole different year. Um, apparently at... Midnight tonight, um, what did I read the other day? Midnight tonight is the only time where all of your under-18s will have been born in the 2000s and your over-18s will be born in the 90s and beforehand. Have a think about that for just a second. That'll blow your mind. But anyway, that's the only time that'll happen. It's not what I'll be reflecting on at midnight, that's for sure. Um, But yeah, look, another year done. Summer's here. School holidays, I love this time of year. Uh, I get to watch a lot of cricket. It's great. Come on, who, cricket fans, come on, where are they? Yeah, they're all out. No, they're in the front row. It's all good. Very, very good. I love cricket. Uh, my kids have decided that I look like Nathan Lyon. So, yeah, so we see, you know, we, we sit, watch the cricket. Nathan Lyon takes a wicket. And I'm like, hey, Dad, you took another, you got another one out. So if you, you want to, you know, you feel encouraging this morning, and if you're a yeah, nice one, Gary, that's, that's, I'm happy with that. It's all good. But, um, yeah, 2017. Like there's times where I felt like I got hit by a truck. And then you get up and you get hit by another truck. I'm not sure what your year was like, but there's been a lot that has happened over the last 12 months. So a few of the events, a few of the major events around the world, of course, the United States ended up with a new president. Jury's still out on that one, but that's okay. Um, but Donald Trump is now the president of the United States. He's gone from TV celebrity to a bigger TV celebrity. But anyway, Roger Federer wins two of the, out of the four tennis opens for the year after people told him he should be retiring. Well, they can go jump somewhere else because he's still fantastic. Australia wins the Rugby League World Cup. Yeah. No, that's not a surprise. Anyway, moving on. Um, Of course, there's been laws and weird votes and all sorts of things that have happened in our country this year as well. Lots and lots of different things. Now, that's some of the big global stuff. But I'm sure that for each and every one of you, you've had your own interesting highlights and challenges that are there. If you're looking at your year, how would you evaluate that? Every different family, every circumstance is different. Um, What would you do? Was it tough? Was it a success? Did it go too fast? I think everybody can probably put their hand up for that one. That seems to be the answer for the day. Yes, the year is always going too fast. But the reality is that this next coming year, starting tomorrow morning, is going to bring a whole new fresh set of successes and challenges and interesting events. 
It's going to bring different people. It's going to bring different perspective. There's going to be a lot of things, both positive and negative, that are going to be shaped in our society that are completely out of our control. Think about how many circumstances in your world this year that just happened that were completely out of your control. So we're not necessarily called to control, but to respond. So the challenge, I guess, for, for you and, and very much for myself is how do we respond to this coming year? How do we respond? Because it's important to do this the right way. So this, of course, is the, the right time of year for that wonderful tradition of New Year's resolutions. It's the plan that you know you're not going to follow or that you know you're going to fail and it'll last for three days and I'm over it. But I'm suggesting that perhaps this morning, I know certainly for myself, and I don't usually do resolutions, but today I do. And this one I intend to try and last. And so I want to share it with you this morning. It's entirely up to you whether you want to get on board with this or not. But what I'm looking at this morning is a resolution that says we are called to be Christ's ambassador. In a world with so many differing changes, opinions, thought processes, uh, moral compass. Like someone stuck a magnet on a few people's moral compasses and it's pointing in an interesting direction. But we're called to be an ambassador for Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 20. It works. Look at that. So, we're therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We are Christ's ambassadors. Now, I'm not sure about you, but I had to look up what exactly does an ambassador do? What is the job description of an ambassador? Because we've got them, just about every developed country has ambassadors scattered across the world. Paul's writing about ambassadors. This is not a new thing. What is an ambassador? So, welcome to ambassador class. I'm going to take you through the steps that I've training myself on and what this whole ambassador idea is about. So, according to Google who is the world's foremost authority on everything, at, or seems to be at the moment anyway. An ambassador is a diplomatic representative that attends international meetings, banquets and parties. Sounds like a pretty good deal so far, doesn't it? And acts as a figurehead for their country of origin. Stick that one in the pot and... Stir it around for a little bit. Ambassadors are also known as diplomats. So this is a more general term for describing those that work in a foreign country while retaining citizenship in their home country. This is an ambassador. They attend parties, banquets, and feasts. You guys can all go home now. That's what an, no, that's not what an ambassador does. They attend those things as a representative of the figurehead of their country, and retain citizenship of their home country. So some of you might be starting to work out where I'm going to go with this this morning, but I'm going to go there anyway. So what does this equate to? What does this really mean for us? Because we're not called to be an ambassador for Australia, as much as I love this country. 
We're called to be an ambassador for the kingdom of God. That's our true allegiance. What does that look like? Ambassador for the kingdom of God is a diplomatic representative of the kingdom of God. So they act as a figurehead for their country of origin. So you are directly representing Jesus in the social situation that you are in. Think about that for a moment. In the social situation that you are in, that's physically and in today's day and age, it's online, the social situation that you are in, you are representing Jesus if you are Christ's ambassador in that situation. That you are retaining the citizenship of the kingdom of God. Of course, John 17 talks a lot through about this idea. Jesus was praying for his disciples and praying at Gethsemane just before he was arrested. And he goes through chapter 17 of John and talks about the idea of being in this world, but not of this world. I'm here, I'm a physical representation, physically present in this world, but I do not share the world's viewpoints and I do not share the world's value systems. I am just simply here. Because I, while I'm here, I still retain the citizenship of my country, of the kingdom of God. So what are the interactions of an ambassador? What does it look like? What should it look like? If you are an ambassador for the kingdom of God, what should it look like? Acts 1 verse 8, which of course is one of the mantras of this house. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of of the earth. And we've talked about the representation of a lot of those areas. For me this morning, the key word there is witness. Witness. So, what does that look like? What is a witness? Once again, we go back to the fount of all knowledge. And according to Google, a witness has two specific definitions, <clears throat> excuse me, or two that I'm going to call about this morning. To see, hear, or know by, there should be an S there, but that's my typing, personal persistence. I better read the notes because that was really badly typed. Personal presence and perception. To see, hear, or know by personal presence and perception. To give or afford evidence of. These are the definitions of a witness. So we put that back into Acts 1 verse 8. We now have this. And you will, for God, give or afford evidence of what you see, hear or know, by personal presence and perception in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. That's what we're asked to do. That's our response. That takes on, for me, a whole new other depth of meaning of what I'm asked to do. So what are you giving evidence on? What it says to do, 
afford evidence of what you see here? Well, what, what evidence? What about? And the answer to that is what exactly you represent, which is the kingdom of God in your life. That's the evidence you're called to give. The kingdom of God in your life. An ambassador of the kingdom. How are they asked to conduct themselves? Well, a regular ambassador is going to do a few different things. They're going to be a true representation of their country and what they see, and what they do, modern day and what they post. I guarantee you get on an Australian ambassador in another country and if they've got Facebook or anything else, it's not going to be negative to their country, is it? You're going to be able to see where their loyalty is like. So what does that look like then for the kingdom of God? I want to talk about two steps. And the first of those is probably the most obvious, which is love. This is the conduct, and that's love. The command of Jesus. And if we're going to represent him, it's probably a good idea if we're following instructions that he's given. Would you agree? The command of Jesus. John 13, 34, 35. And you a command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, I went looking for this as I'm preparing and, and had a, a, a new different revelation about this particular verse. I grew up in church with the, with the whole chorus, the you know, new commandment. Uh, most people know that one. New commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, as you love one another, as I have loved you, etc. And it goes on. Those who are singing, thank you for revealing your age this morning. It is great. It's a beautiful, beautiful chorus. It's one of those older choruses, and I can say that now because I've turned 40, which doesn't make me old. It just qualifies me to say all those years ago because I've now got a few of them. And I'm sticking to that. So you put that one in Google too. 40 means you can now reference those years ago. All right. But for me, that particular song, as beautiful as it was, sort of changed a little bit of, of the meaning, a little bit of, of not just the meaning, but the depth of it. New commandment I give unto you, love one another as I have loved you. All right, that sounds really good. Love one another because we'll just tack a little bit of God there on the end there, as I have loved you. All right, love one another, that's great. But if you read this verse, there's a full stop. Command I give you, love one another, full stop. There's the command. That's what we are to do. The next area of it is how. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. So we first have a command, and then we have the example. So you are to love one another. That's a command. If you're an ambassador for Christ, you are commanded to love one another. How do you do that? Exactly the same way he loved you. That's what you do to others. That's what we're called to respond with. 
know about you, but that was a whole, whole other level of, of, of depth on that particular verse for me. So that's going to look different in a lot of circumstances. But that is the standard. As you have been loved, so love others. As you have been loved with your group of friends, so love others. As you have been loved by God while you're at the roundabout, so love others. Oh, I said that out loud. Sorry. As Christ has loved you while you're on the phone to the telemarketer who is just doing their job, so love others. Not so easy anymore, is it? But that's how we're called to respond. Step two is then an extension of step one. Take that love and now put it into action. And of course, the most famous of verses when it comes to love is the entire chapter in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13, which is the love chapter used in lots and lots of different circumstances. And I'm sure we've heard plenty of sermons about love, what it is. Others extend further and say love is a verb, love is an action. It's something you do, it's not something you feel. And it's all true. But there's still a whole other level to that. The verb there, and the fact that it is a verb, means that others are able to see your love. An action can be seen. But love is, in fact, the attitude in which we treat others. Have a look at a couple of examples from that passage. Love is patient. That is an attitude on how we treat others. Patience with people, with circumstance. This isn't working the way that I thought, but I'm going to operate out of love, which is patience. So being that it is a verb, can others actually see that love? Can they see that love in your interactions? Can they see that love when you're merging onto the roundabout? Can they see that love? It's an action. It's a verb. It should be something that is seen. Love is kind. This is how we treat others. It's not the physical action. It is the heart attitude of how we treat others. That is kindness. That is what love is. If we're commanded to love, these are the physical properties of what we are commanded to do. Love does not envy. You don't want after what somebody else has got. Why should you? You have the love of the Almighty God. There is nothing else that somebody else has got that's actually better than that. But it's a hard attitude. And you can go on. You go right down the list. I'm not going to do that this morning. We could be here forever. But you can go right down the list. But love is a hard attitude that is shown out as an action verb that others can see. The reality that we're in, as I mentioned earlier, our Western world has made up its mind on certain aspects of living, certain aspects of society. Some of those aspects we as a Bible-believing church no longer agree with. How do we respond? Because the reality is that you may not actually win anybody over to your side 
by starting an argument or a fight. I don't know what you're like, but if someone starts to argue or fight with me, I tend to just, I'm gone. I don't do conflict, sorry, I'm walking away. And it doesn't matter what you're telling me, I'm not going to hear it. How do we respond? So I would propose that our idea is that we need a better way. We need a better way. So if we look at the verse that comes right before this wonderful love chapter in 1 Corinthians, the very first actually says this. Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. So Paul's just finished talking about the spiritual gifts. And yet I will show you the most excellent way. So he's finished chapter 12. He's talked about spiritual gifts. He's talked about the body of Christ. So everything there about the eye cannot say to the head and the head can't, doesn't need the toe and I can sit down even though I'm an elbow. It doesn't matter, all right? These are all fantastic things. We know about them as a church and they are really, really important principles to live by, that everybody is in unity in Christ. But at the end of all of this, Paul comes out and trumps this with now the most excellent way. Spiritual gifts, really important. Unity in the body, really important. Now the most excellent way. And then he talks about what we've now defined in the modern day Bible as a chapter about love. And goes so far to say that without love, he is nothing. Not he has nothing or acts like he is nothing. Without love, I am nothing. That's how central this is supposed to be. So just a small tip. I think love's got something to do with this, in case you hadn't picked up on that already. But why do we do this? Why, why do we need to promote the kingdom of God this way? Why, as Christ's ambassador, do I need to show this love? Why does it need to be seen? And I would like to propose that the purpose for this is to generate the question. This is a good opportunity for a, a bit of a movie, movie reference. So... Pastor Scott works with props, so I thought I'd work with some myself. So, run with this one. See how we go. Uh, somewhere else in this bag of tricks. Should be in there. Nope, it's fallen out. Oh, that's right, because I put it up here already, so I wouldn't have to look through the bag. That was pretty stupid. There we go. All right. Got the measure. Oh, he's picked it up. It's the question. That drives us. It's a question that brought you here. You know the question as well as I do. No, it's not what is the matrix. The question is, in fact, why? Demonstrating the love of Christ to other people who do not know is going to eventually generate. The why question. Why? Why did you do this? Why did you do that for me? I don't understand. Perfect example. Pastor Scott spoke a few weeks ago about 
being down at the Kimberley Park Carols. And the experience that was down there, and he was up thanking vendors left, right, and center, and the people who, who had us down there as a team. And he had one of the leaders come up afterwards and say, hang on a second, you guys have given of your time to sing carols and to, to set up the stage and all the sound stuff. Why would you be thanking us? There's the why question. Boom. I can now talk about why I'm here. Because God loved us and we want to bless you. And that might be all that you need to say. But you've just shared a little bit of the gospel with them. Why? Because you showed love first. Because you generated an opportunity for the question. And then you could respond. Again, think about all the things that love is not. We go back to that Corinthians list. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It does not keep records of wrong. How many times, though, in your day-to-day interactions with this world, do you run into each and every one of those issues from everyday people, Christian and non-Christian alike? And that is why when we operate out of love, which is not any of those things, you then generate the question. Because it's foreign. It's different. It's not how the world operates. And people are left wondering, I've got no idea why that happened. I need to know. And as the ambassador, we're happy to stand there and go, you know what? Let me tell you about it. Let me tell you about it. I haven't got in your face telling you you must. I've represented. So our challenge then is to go through and to outwork that. Generate these circumstances where the question comes up. Once the question is there, the response is easy. Well, why did you do this? Because God loves you. And I wanted you to know about it. I have a very, really, really simple example I'm working on in my own home. Very, very basic. And all it is, is I've got the nature strip out the front fence, I've got my place, I've got the neighbor's place, I've got a tiny little piece that goes on one side of my driveway before the fence line's there. Alright? How many people just mow to the fence line? Yep, I do that. Alright? So I've decided, you know what? what, what example is that? That I can cut a line there in the grass. It doesn't work. So last time I mowed the lawn, I mowed the whole lot, right down to his driveway. Now, I haven't had anything come from that yet, but over the next couple of times when I continue to do this, as a way to bless him, just go, don't have to worry about the front of your yard because I've got it covered. But the potential is then there for him to come and go, you've just dealt with the whole front of my yard. Why? Well, let me tell you about it. That my desire is to bless you because I have a God who blesses me. 
And this is a small way that I can do that. Now, that example doesn't require a lot of thought. That was just me standing out the driveway going, why aren't I doing the whole lot? This is stupid. A patch of grass, or I could just do this as a blessing to someone else. Didn't require a lot of thought. But imagine what we can achieve if we actually do put some deliberate thought into what that might look like for someone else. For one person, for just one person. What could that idea of love look like? So if I'm going to review, I guess, everything that I've tried to share this morning, it would be this. That we are called to be an ambassador for Christ. And this is my resolution for 2018, to be an ambassador for Christ. An ambassador for Christ, an ambassador for the kingdom of God, will be known because of their presentation and their conduct. It will be seen. As, love, as God loved them, they will love others. This will be seen or will be noticed by others, generating the question. To which the ambassador can then fulfill Acts 1, verse 8. And you will, for God, again my paraphrase, give or afford evidence of what you see, hear, or know by personal presence and perception. That's what we're called to do. That in the difficult moments of our year, in those circumstances that you do and don't agree with, you are still called, I am still called, to be an ambassador for the kingdom of God. Regardless of circumstance, situation, personnel, it does not matter. I have been called by my God to be his representative in my small sphere in my world. And that's what it needs to look like. That is my resolution for this coming year. It is up to you to decide what your resolution is for this coming year. But I challenge you, can you create the circumstance to generate the question? Because once the question is asked, they have opened the opportunity for you to share. And that's all the opportunity that God needs to do his work in their life. Let's pray. Lord God, as this new year begins, as this old year concludes, Lord, we just thank you for the chance and opportunity we have that we are here. That by your blessing, that by your spirit and your grace, we are here. And Lord, we are here and we stand ready to do your work in this coming year. And Lord God, I thank you this morning that this choice is here, that we can choose to take this on. We can choose to be the representative that you ask us to be, to be the ambassador for your kingdom that you want of us. That through your grace, Lord God, 
we are able now to impact the people in our world by the simple act of love. So Lord God, I pray for each and every one of us for the strength of will and for the fortitude to be able to stick at this regardless of circumstance, that we would look to you for our strength to be able to effectively represent you in our world. In our small sphere of influence, Lord God, that we can be your direct representative. What a privilege that you have allowed us to have, Lord God, in this. And I pray that we look to you in all things to make this happen. Jesus' name. Amen. If you want the opportunity to talk with somebody, perhaps you've looked at your world and gone, hey, I'm not quite the rep that I want to be. I'm not really representing in my world at the moment. People can't see my thoughts and actions or my, my personality and, and see enough of you, God. I need your strength. If that's you this morning, the opportunity is there. There is a truckload of people in this house that would love to pray with you. But I encourage you, take up this resolution because we're in a world that needs the ambassadors of the kingdom of God. Amen.